Hello, I'm John, the executive producer here at Final Show Films. I got a few notes for you before the show. First, I want to thank you all for watching. We couldn't do what we do or the amount of things that we do without the support of you, the viewer. If you want to support us financially, which we always appreciate, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms, where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us continue this and all the things that we do. I want to give a special shout out to our $25 supporters, Antitonic, Cat Waterflame, and Samantha Bates. Uh, second, I want to let you all know that we here at Final Show Films are planning a little get-together up at Gen Con this year. That's August 2nd through 5th up at Indianapolis. We're going to be up there sort of hanging out, enjoying the con, spending time together. And if any of you guys want to come up and say hi, please feel free. We don't bite unless you want us to. And if you enjoy whatever it is you're about to watch or listen to, be sure to check out our website at finalshowfilms.com where you can find links to all of our other content, both podcast and video. And be sure to follow me at John A. Bates on Twitter for more updates on all of the content we're creating in the future. In the meantime, thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoy. And we're live, Michelle. Hi, everybody, and welcome to West Rising, the Werewolf the Apocalypse Chronicle. I'm your storyteller, Michelle, and uh, let me introduce our five lovely players. Um, first, John. I am John, and I'm playing Shadow, the Get of Finrus Arun. And Jack. Hey, everybody, I'm Jack, and I'm playing... Tag, the Ragabash of the Fianna. And William? I'm William, and I'm playing C. Walsh, the Uctana Philodox. And Aaron? Hi, I'm Aaron, and I am playing Thistle, the child of Gaia, the Yurjahmed. Potentially not supposed to be in that order, but whatever. <laughs> and last but not least, Craig. Ah, uh, you're muted, Craig. Uh, oh. I, I, am, I am now Craig with my microphone on um, and I am playing Grudek the Bonar Galliard. <clears throat> All right. Previously on West Rising, uh, when last we left our five would be packmates, they had successfully retrieved a magic smartphone from the clutches of its 13-year-old thief and returned it to the Sept of the Western Eye, completing their first mission. They had just enough time to report that the young thief was apparently also a werewolf and a particularly grotesque worm-tainted one uh, before they were plunged into the second half of their rite of passage. <clears throat> In this challenge, they had to choose a spirit totem for their pack, and uh, to the shock of the Sept Elders, five different spirits were vying for the new pack's favor. In a peculiarly intellectual test uh, devised by the Sept's own totem, Aeolus, or, or Fog, uh, the young Theurge Thistle served as translator for the spirits, while the pack's Arun warrior Shadow surprised everyone by displaying a gift for enigmas and logic that helped them get the most out of the challenge. In the end, they unanimously voted to adopt Turtle, the long-lost totem spirit of the extinct Croatan tribe. Um, as we begin this week's episode, um, Turtle himself has a few words to say to his new pack. <clears throat> so, in the penumbra, 
the spirit reflection of the Cairn grounds, the thick fog that had completely cloaked these towering spirit redwoods has now cleared to sort of a, a moody mist that lets you see the avatar of Turtle clearly as he makes his way slowly toward you. Uh, he doesn't look like much. Um, kind of dull browns shading into grays and sort of olive green. Um, and even with his legs and his neck fully extended, he could easily fit in Thistle's cupped hands. For a moment, there's a slightly anticlimactic feeling after all you've been through as this tiny thing approaches you. Um, but then he speaks and you find that you can all understand him. There's no need anymore for Thistle to translate. Uh, he speaks very deliberately. His tone is a, a strange mixture of, of hope and, and melancholy. And his voice is also stronger than you would expect for a creature of his size. And he says, Fate has guided your choice. You will be my world bearers. And I will give you the means to carry your burden. I will give you the power to endure hardship. And when your will fails you, you may call on mine. But in return, I have something to ask of you. And he sort of looks between each of you for a moment. Rudek drops his head and says, Of course, turtle. First... You must always behave with honor. And second, you must dig in when your lands are under attack and stand until the battle is finished. The children of Turtle endure. As, as defenders, we hold the line. Draw inside our shells if needed, but we do not flee. Can you do what I ask? in exchange for what I give you. And he looks at each of you in turn again. See, this will give a little sort of nod. <clears throat> and as soon well, as you if you're asking for a group of people who are going to be willing to push back against whatever's coming at us. Hi, I think you found the right five. Um, Grudek will reach over and uh, slap uh, Tig on the on the shoulder gently. And say, I I would agree with Tig. We're turtles all the way down. <laughs> Shadow okay, just gets Tig manages to thing. not. That's a little. <clears throat> that's a Discworld reference, and Shadow is <laughs> no, not just confused. But as soon as you give your agreement. You feel your mind just flooded with new knowledge. A couple of things. Um, one, you, you instantly feel a much stronger connection to the other guru that are assembled with you. And you also instinctively understand, as though this was knowledge that you had before and you've forgotten until now, and you're just now remembering this way to draw inside a, a spiritual shell of sorts, um, to enter a trance that suspends your breathing, your heartbeat, your other functions for an hour or more, 
should you ever need to feign death or to stop yourself from succumbing to poison or bleeding, drowning, toxic gases, extreme temperatures. Um, and this knowledge just comes to you. Um, and, and, and Turtle says, this is my gift to you. You are now bonded as one pack, one spirit. You will be able to speak at a distance with only a thought. If you continue to honor me and serve me, I may be able to assist you in other ways in the future. But for now, I am new and weak and I have given all I can. One final matter, before you return to your world with my protection. I am an avatar of Turtle, but I am also unique. And if I am to grow in power, I require my own identity, my own name. I have named you the World Bearers. What would you call me? Um, this will... Give like a seconds beat, trying not to just blurt things out the instant prompted. Tirtuga. Tirtuga. So be it. Now, Grudek sort of gives Thistle a little bit of side eye, somewhat curiously. Thistle will like raise an eyebrow, like slight nod. See, very, very, very calmly, just kind of, <clears throat> was probably his method of, of suppressing a laugh. <laughs> and I guess just wondering why Thistle doesn't know how to properly pr- pronounce the name of an old pirate city, but okay. <laughs> um, Tertuga himself doesn't seem at all bothered by the pop culture reference, and... Um, <clears throat> He uh, just sort of gives you a little nod with his little turtle head and says, now return to your world with my blessing. And then he's just gone. Uh, Apparently he moves a bit more quickly than his mundane counterpart because you didn't even see him leave. He's just gone. Did we, so we didn't, did we see him move or did he just sort of like, just, He's just suddenly just not there. So either moved very fast or just vanished. Or spirits, man. Yeah. Spirits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everybody can add a dot of stamina to your character sheet. Woo! Yeah. Five stamina now. <laughs> yep. You also know the gift turtle body now, which is on page three ninety five, which I <laughs> vaguely described a little bit. Um, and as a group, you also now have a bank of five extra willpower points that you can call on at any time during the story if you run out. Cool. Yep. But only five for the whole story, so use them wisely. So f- five willpower bank between all of us? Yep. Okay. For emergencies, if you should run out and desperately need one, you can use turtles. <laughs> all right. What did you say the page was for turtle body? 395. 395. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So Bridge Runner's been standing by this whole time, and uh, once Turtle has vanished, uh, which doesn't seem to surprise him in the slightest, you get the feeling he has dealt with spirits a lot. (laughs) Um, He looks to the five of you, and he says, uh, 
Y'all ready to go back and uh, be welcomed into the sept? Of course, if they're ready for us. They should be by now, I think. Um, Michelle, given that this is definitely the most recent and possibly the first time that uh, Tig has been in the Umbra, it in any sort of controlled circumstance, does he have to roll curiosity? Um, has, so he hasn't been since his, uh, his first change. Pretty much. I don't, I seriously doubt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and make that roll. Yeah. Okay. See what happens. <laughs> cool. Let me look that one up real quick, just to make sure I'm rolling the right thing. And by the way, when okay. you do go back, for those who don't know, um, you don't have to roll anything to go back to the other side of the umbra you can it's like shifting to your breed form in a sense you can just step back okay. at least as far and as and what uh is his difficulty for this hmm? um i was hoping that you were keeping track of that this is one of the reasons well, it's, why it's a it's a various one like if it's something very simple Oh, um, okay. It's like down to four or five. If it's something like super complex or very, very intriguing, let's then just it call would be it a higher. difficulty six. Difficulty six. Okay. Yep. Coming your way, then. That's not a botch, but no successes. Okay. Can you remind me what that means? Yeah. Basically, anytime I'm presented with the unknown, I have to make a wits roll, or else I must go investigate. <laughs> okay. So, um, as Bridge Runner is asking you guys to, um, you know, whether you're ready to go back, Tyg just starts wandering off. Uh, Tyg, we... This will very quickly follow. Like, just sort of at Tyg's shoulder. Certainly, we've got a few minutes to at least have a look around. Could could Grudek still have his hand on Tyg's shoulder when he starts to wander off? Up to you, Tig. How you want yeah, to handle this? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, so I think he'll sort of kind of keep the hand there, but clamp down a little bit um, and say, "Tig, first time." Uh, well, I mean, it's been a bit eight, six, eight months or so. There'll be plenty of time for us to look around later. Right now, I really think they need us back to the set on that side. All right. Well, we'll follow you then. Bridge Runner is kind of giving Tig some side eye, like, you know, hmm, this this kid could be a problem. And then um, he says, Snow, find that out. All right. Um, you. You fellas, go on, step through, and I'll be right behind you. You can tell he's like, he's going to stay and make sure everybody steps sideways. Um, All five of you, before it, he goes. I can... Go ahead. Uh, C, you'll go ahead and step sideways. You better get back. Okay. Yep. Bridge Runner just waits. I assume you all go? Yep. Mm-hmm. Tag will sort of roll his shoulders, make sure nobody's actually holding him at this point, and then he'll step sideways. (laughs) (laughs) And Bridge Runner. Yeah, Shadow just waits for the rest of the pack to go first. 
and then we'll go after them just in case something jumps out <laughs> from <Okay>. nowhere. <laughs> um, Ridge Runner follows you quickly to the other side of the gauntlet. And there's a strange feeling when you return to the material world that while the Redwood Forest is still awe-inspiring, it's kind of a faded copy of the one you just left. It's as though it lacks dimension and, and intensity. And Bridge Runner says, come with me. Everybody's waiting to welcome you. <clears throat> and he leads you to the southeastern half of the Cairn Grounds, the one that's to your left, usually, as you follow the little stream up the gentle slope toward the Circle of Redwoods. I just sort of lean over to Grudek as we walk. Thistle's leaves are gone. <laughs> um, Grudek nods and, and, and says... Uh, I'm sure you'll notice many things are different on the other side of the umbra. Mm. This, Do I hear this, or is this too quiet for it me? Wasn't being quiet, so <laughs> I don't think subtlety is Shadow's strong point. So Shadow, it's better not to think of it as gone so much as it isn't physical. It's just it's represented. Hmm. So this area is, it's been kept mostly clear of trees. You can see stars when you look straight up, although the full moon is low enough now that it's hidden behind the thicker trees and, that are blocking the southwestern sky. And it's the wee hours of Thursday morning now. Uh, so the best light is coming from ahead of you where camping lanterns have been hung from low branches and a bonfire has been lit at the center of a small semicircular amphitheater, which is built out of wood and stone. In your journals, there's some pictures that kind of give you an idea of the size of it and also kind of uh, the ambiance or the setting of it. It looks as though it stood there for at least 100 years. The stone is sort of charmingly crumbling in places. Uh, the wood has been eaten through in other places by insects, despite obvious efforts to care for it and make occasional repairs. It could seat up to 200 people comfortably, but right now there are somewhere between 20 and 30 at a casual glance, seated in clusters of three to six with, with very telling stretches of space in between various groups. Uh, it looks as though the entire sept has dragged themselves away from work and out of bed, including the four resident children, uh, though the sept's youngest toddler is sound asleep in a hip sling slumped on his mother's chest. Uh, everyone is seated, except for two people. Rips, the hulking blonde master of challenge, who's poking a stick into the central bonfire with a faintly defiant air about him. And a woman you can only assume must be the sept leader. She is a tall black woman with iron gray ropes of hair wound into an impressive crown that adds another six or seven inches to her height. She's dressed in a sharp pantsuit and tasteful jewelry, uh, her look only slightly marred by a pair of hiking boots. Um, her posture is one of calm command as she faces the rest of the sept with the roaring bonfire between them. In her hands, she holds a small bowl. As you approach, she turns slightly to survey all of you and then gestures to the center of the first row of seating, which has been left empty for you. Welcome, she says. Please be seated. Are, are most people in Krynos, uh, in Hamid form? 
Um, everybody seems to be pretty much in their breed forms, yes, except for um, if any of you recognize March Lion, the master of the right, you know that he's uh, lupus, but he is currently in his Hamid form. Um, he seems to be to have just been speaking to the person next to him, which you may recognize as Hot Eye. They were talking, so he's in Hamid form. Uh, Hot Eye is in Metis form, though, because that's okay. his his breed form. I think I, I, I think I, mean, I think Grudek Grudek would still be in Krynos then, having remained that way after stepping sideways again. Okay. Um. Does it seem like there are any other lupus in the amphitheater that are in lupus form? Um, Shadow would recognize Brushfire, the the young lupus that argued with him when he first came to the Sept. She's um, curled up on one of the. She's kind of on the Octena side, <laughs> uh, curled up near March Lion in lupus form with then, her chin on her paws looking sulky. Then I would shift down to lupus form. Okay. Um, now I'm just like a massive wolf. <laughs> Fucking huge. And you all take your seats approximately where directed? Yeah. Tig is shifting himself to as far away from the center of the aisle as possible. Okay. See, just kind of like straight in the middle. <laughs> I will sit yeah. on the aisle. Yeah. <laughs> Are you so sitting on a chair next to Shadow? I guess. So is it? It's like stone benches. Um, it's as shown in the picture. It's sort of. It, it's it's hard to describe, but yeah. you know, it's kind of built into the the earth a little bit. But there's stone and wood that frames yeah. right, so, like semicircular okay. benches, like kind of three escalating tiers of them. So then, yes, gotcha. I am on a bench. <laughs> okay, okay, bench type thing. Um, so the the sub leader looks at each of you in turn, as though to make sure you're all settled, and then she says. I am Tea Tree, voice of Gaia, leader of the Sept of the Western Eye these past ten years. I and the Elder Council, which includes Arcan Warder, Tim Rowantree, and the Master of the Rite, March Lion, would like to formally congratulate you on completing your rite of passage and welcome you as members of the ancient and storied Sept of the Western Eye. Our first order of business is to hear from each of you which of the thirteen tribes you choose to join. Despite what you may have been told, the choice is yours should that tribe be willing to accept you. As the ranking member of the Children of Gaia here, I would be more than happy to accept any of you, but I also understand if your loyalties lie elsewhere. Let us begin with our newest arrival, the New Moon, Tyg Connolly of Ireland's famed Sept of the Tri-Spiral. Mr. Connolly, to what tribe do you declare your allegiance? As my forebears to the Fianna. At Tig's declaration, a pale woman jumps up from where she was seated between a small black girl and a smaller red-headed boy. She herself has a wild mane of curly blood orange hair and a surprisingly powerful frame and a scattering of freckles. Uh, she looks to be in her mid-30s. Her accent is mostly American, but with a sort of lilt that suggests some history with Ireland. Like tea tree, she's holding a bowl, and in her other hand, a brush. And uh, her words sound somewhat prepared, so Tig's declaration is clearly not a surprise to her. <laughs> I, Karen Silverglero Cleary, willingly sponsor Tig Connolly into the Fianna and the Guru Nation. She then approaches Tig 
And she dips a brush into the bowl and she smiles at him and she says, in a day or two, we'll get you inked up good and proper. But uh, for now, where do you want to be painted? He'll just he'll just strip off his his shirt and bare chested just stand in front of her. There's a muffled squeal from somewhere in the audience. It's not clear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> it's Grubeck. Woo! <laughs> um, and uh, Silver Glare kind of, you know, makes a show of hovering the brush here and there and looks at him questioningly. Um, he'll kind of turn halfway to her and sort of just gesture down uh, the uh, the left-hand bare backside of his, uh, okay. his torso. And uh, she very quickly and, and skillfully paints a black symbol uh, with some kind of ink that looks a bit like a waning crescent moon with a long curled tail. Um, and she paints it. It really stands out against his fair skin. And uh, then she just grins at him and gives him a little clap on the shoulder and then goes and sits back down between the kids who both lean on her and sort of stare at Tig like, ooh. Tag sits back down and tries to look like he's not really much there. Hmm? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, tea Tree turns to Thistle and says, Next, our crescent moon, Thistle, the offspring of our own Cairn Warder, Tim Rowantree. Uh, Thistle, to what tribe do you declare your allegiance? The child of Gaia. If... Um, she nods again, not looking particularly surprised. And uh, she she doesn't approach Thistle, but instead gestures for Zer to approach. When prompted, Thistle sit up, give a slight nod back to the rest of the pack, and walk on up. I, Angela T. Tree Barnes, willingly sponsor Thistle into the Children of Gaia and into the Guru Nation. And she she dips a fingertip into her bowl, and with a strangely maternal air, she she paints a vivid green symbol on Thistle's forehead. It slightly resembles a sun rising behind a hill. And there's a delighted murmur of voices from the other children of Gaia present, and as everyone welcomes Thistle into the ranks. And then um, Tea Tree gives her a nod that clearly says, we're done here. (laughs) Give a quick... Take nod back and return to her seat. <laughs> we all do hey, it. I did it first this episode. That's, that's <laughs> something. We should keep a tally. Uh, Tea Tree then turns to see and says, Next, the half moon Sea Walsh, kin to Morning Cloud, our keeper of the land. See, to what tribe do you declare your allegiance? I stand with my heritage and my history. I stand with the Uctana. And a strange ripple goes through the sept of that. Not exactly a murmur, but a, sort of a collective fidgeting and shifting of weight that projects a strange discomfort into the silence. Um, Hot Eye, the sept's Metis gatekeeper, who's in Krinos form, uh, he doesn't seem surprised. And he approaches C in his dark furred Krinos form with his eye patch on as usual. And he says, Remove your shirt. Uh, so he just kind of stands, and he's wearing like a full-length 
button down, but he mm-hmm. obviously isn't patient enough for for taking it all, all the way off. So he just kind of opens up the ter- the top three or so for for room, and then just shirt off with both arms. Just and then there's another squeal from the audience from somewhere. <laughs> this time it's tag. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hot eye turns C so that C's back is to the seating. And he begins to hum something atonal and rhythmic in his deep, growling, half-wolf voice. And one by one, the handful of other octena begin to join this wordless chant, starting with the young lupus, Brushfire, adding shrill, percussive barks, and ending with the wizened and wiry master right himself, shifting to his native lupus form and letting out a high, bone-chilling howl. As this last note, builds the chant to its climax. Suddenly, a silvery tendril of mystic energy slithers its way towards C's back. And it lingers for a moment, lighting up his entire back with a blinding white light as though he were about to sprout wings like an angel. Uh, C, give me a willpower roll, difficulty seven. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Willpower... Seven. Can I spend one of my willpower pool for an automatic success or no? Sure, if you want. I will. So that's two successes. Okay. So even though it hurts like somebody just set his back on fire, he manages not to cry out. Uh, though there, if anybody's watching closely, they might detect like a slight tensing. There's just like a gritting of teeth. Just Yeah, like the, you can almost see the muscle in his jaw flex just a little bit. Um, but the light and the pain dissipates, leaving a pure white symbol on C's skin, somewhere between a cross and an asterisk. It's not painted, but it looks just as though all the pigment has just been bleached away from his skin in that pattern. And the octena falls silent, each of them inclining their head toward him in acceptance. And uh, Hot Eye releases him and goes back to his seat um, on his bench next to uh, Mark Lyon. He just kind of very quickly slips the shirt back on and then sits back down. <laughs> Did Tyke put his shirt back on or is he still hanging nope, out? Nope, he's got wet paint on him. <laughs> he's not, he's not, that's his only shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We will fix that shortly, <laughs> but. Um, he's starting then, to regret it. It's a little colder here <laughs> past midnight. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, tea tree, shoots a glance toward uh, Grudek and says, Our gibbous moon from the city has already been formally accepted by his tribe at his coming of age, but I would like to take this opportunity to formalize his transfer of sept membership. Uh, Yurik Grudek Yankevich, do you withdraw membership in the Golden Gate Sept and pledge loyalty to the Sept of the Western Eye? Uh, He rises and bows his head and says, Tak, I do. And there's definitely some muttering this time. <laughs> you might hear at least one person say distinctly, oh, crap. <laughs> C's gaze is almost immediately like rocket tags to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, came just... from, it came from the Octena side, but it's 
it's hard to tell who exactly yeah. said it. This Shout is probably less mean and accusatory and more just very disappointed. <laughs> Shadow just lets that bass growl rumble out for a moment. Grudek is just standing still with his head down. He doesn't turn and he has he has his hand on his chest over his heart. <clears throat> Tea Tree turns a withering glance toward the Octena side of the bleachers there. She seems to be the only person who is not intimidated by them <laughs> um, and just basically gives them a don't even start with me kind of look before she continues. And last, the full moon, our warrior wolf, honorably mated for two years to March Lion's kin, Shadow. To what tribe do you declare your allegiance? So I get up and I pad into the center sort of area of the amphitheater and sit down and just lock eyes with rips. Um, and uh, rips, who is in Hamid form, uh, turns to her and says... Is with the get. And then he doesn't bother with any other verbal acknowledgement. He, uh, he's been continuing to poke the fire all this time, and he withdraws the stick he's been poking it with, only to reveal it's not actually a stick, but a glowing red-hot brand. And uh, without any further ceremony, he just turns to Shadow and growls, Hold still! And applies it to his shoulder. I do. Um, <laughs> and um, give me, um, Shadow, give me a first uh, perception and primal urge, difficulty six. Okay. See if you can kind of suss out what is expected of you here. His instinct, think- his instinct is just take it without saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perception, primal urge. Difficulty what? Six. Four successes. Okay. So he, just from Rips's body language and the way he approached it, he gets the idea that he's obviously, A, not supposed to reveal that it hurts him at all, but B, is also supposed to, uh, in some way, project as much as he can in lupus form the idea of, you know, kind of, don't fuck with me. Um you know, by growling or looking badass or something. So roll stamina and intimidation difficulty seven to see how well you pull this off. <laughs> <laughs> I've got five. I remember you now. have an extra. Da- yeah, extra no, data I've stamina. got five stamina now. <clears throat> so thanks to Turtle if you. Uh, and I believe this would probably fall under my unbreakable specialization. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's five successes. Okay, so um, not only does Rips not manage to intimidate you, but by the way you actually seem to grow in size and possibly let out a slightly threatening growl, um, you can actually see the the other guru that are assembled watching slightly shrink back like, holy fuck, this guy is badass. Just sort of, like, le- sort of like flex the shoulder muscles and lean into the brand. Like, yeah, like. Is that all you got? Yeah. And that <laughs> clearly communicates to everyone watching, and you see some eyes widen in the audience like, wow. Um, Rips withdraws the brand 
and the raw wound looks just a little bit too much like a half-finished swastika to be entirely comfortable. Um, but uh, Tea Tree says... Shadow, before you return to your seat, we have a special honor for you. Now that you are officially a clear for the Western Eye, we can formally acknowledge the wise choices that you have made in the service of the Sept these past two years. She addresses the group um, with an air of kind of, in case you guys didn't know. Shadow's union with March Lion's daughter produced three cubs, and when she perished in a hunter's trap, he mated with March Lion's other daughter and produced three more. Not only that, but he wisely surrendered when his eldest son challenged him for leadership, and now our local wolf kinfolk are thriving and growing in number. And uh, Bridge Runner sort of puts up a hand. She looks to him and he says, uh, with your permission, ma'am. <clears throat> While we're discussing Shadow's wisdom, uh, you should know he was also instrumental in uh, helping his pack frame the questions they needed to ask of their potential totem spirits. Is this true? Tea Tree asks to Shadow directly. He just nods. And her eyes also flicker to see for confirmation, either because she's... You know, both because she's aware of his status as Pack Alpha, and also because he speaks English at the moment, she sort of looks to see like, is this is this true? Did he he also with his arms have been crossed this entire time, but he just nods. Well, no, then no one is looking towards him, but Grudek is also nodding. Okay. No. <laughs> then let us recognize formally that Shadow has shown wisdom bringing greatness to his tribe, his sept, and the people of the Guru Nation. Let it be known. And she shifts gracefully into Krynos form, suddenly gaining three and a half feet in height and keeping only her elegant hoop earrings in the shift. Uh, the rest of her is covered only in golden brown fur with a dappled in a white pattern, sort of like sunlight on leaves. She throws back her head and lets out a high, clear howl, which is quickly joined as others shift into Krynos form and add their voices to the chorus. And as the howl dies down, Tea Tree shifts back into breed form, her pantsuit and red blouse reappearing, obviously dedicated, and she speaks again. The Sept of the Western Eye now has five new Cleoth. Before we release you to your rest or celebration, I must ask the Pax Alpha C, uh, what totem spirit does your pack now serve? C kind of stands and looks across the entire group of Guru assembled, knowing in his head what this means. We serve an ancient one returned, the totem of the Croatan, the turtle. If, if not for the crackling of the fire and the crickets and the wind through the trees, you would be able to hear a pin drop right now. Uh, whatever celebratory mood was about to descend on the assembled guru is just suddenly extinguished. And everyone, even the elders, uh, seem to be in absolute shock. For once, Tea Tree's flawless composure seems to have found some cracks. And she just stands there for a moment and then says, well, 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 thank you. Uh, that that concludes our, our ceremony. Uh, um, you may uh, return to your rest or, or celebration or 
socialize as you will. Um, thank you. <laughs> and then she just um, turns away and uh, rips and uh, silver glare both get up and start putting throwing dust and stuff on the bonfire to extinguish it. Steve kind of stands there and closes his eyes and takes in the sounds of everyone leaving and evacuating as he's just thinking on everything. Tag kind of stands up, stretches a little bit, rolls his shoulder, glances around to see if anybody's lingering. Thistle's going to keep close to Shadow. Those those three kinfolk girls are, of course, still sitting in the bleachers and whispering to each other. And uh, a, a few of the a few of the other guru are kind of lingering curiously to see what the five of you are going to do. Um, the the ones with children are picking up their children and leaving uh, one that you don't know well. Uh, um, a woman who looks like she might be one of March Lyons kids. She's got that look about her and she has the toddler and another little boy by the hand as she leaves. And then Silver Glare uh, grabs a hand each of the two kids that were sitting with her and starts to lead them away. Uh, Grudek will wave to the kids as they're heading off. I, uh, bye, bye, Papa Grudek, says the older girl. Dobranoc, Dobranoc, sleep well. Korolevik's nerf, colorful dreams. <laughs> I, um, I nudge Thistle's arm as I move, like sort of just as an indicator as I move back over towards where everybody's sitting. This will go with you. Tag's making his way over to the three girls in the back. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, so, yes, there are three of them. They're, they look to be, you know, in the 20-ish ballpark, so a little, little older than Tag, but clearly that's not bothering them any. Um a uh, young black girl, a young Asian girl, and a young girl who, again, looks like it might be another one of March Lines. Um, she's got the same kind of wiry look, long, dark hair, um, and uh, sort of vaguely um, native slash Latino look to her. I don't reckon I caught any of your names when I walked in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the young black woman who looks possibly to be the oldest of them, or at least has a slightly alpha-like quality for a human uh, among the three, um, she says, I'm Hannah, and this is Bailey, and uh, that's Estrella. And she has just a trace of an English accent, which suggests she may be related to the sept leader cool um estrella estrella is she's the least attractive of them um she's sort of wiry and she's got sort of heavy brows and kind of an intense look but she's got her own um charisma about her clearly which she has inherited from her daddy and she just kind of puts herself right in front of the other two and uh, she says hey so uh, how do you like our sept so far I'll be interested to see it during the daylight hours but uh, all told seems like you got quite a bit going on here so you're some kind of a prince or something right she says 
Yeah, suffering chases. No, no, not even a bit. My dad well, comes from some decent breeding, but I don't know that I'd go quite that far. Well, um, Hannah here thinks that she's a princess because she's the sept leader's daughter and her mother's all pure breed and all this kind of stuff. But um, my dad's the master of the right and he's the one who has the real power in the sept. So, you know, if you're looking to make a political match of some kind, then, you know, I'm your girl. Well, they told me that American girls weren't shy, but... Uh... Oh, not at all. I'm a... Honestly, if you want to know anything about what's really going on around here, I'm the one you have to talk to. Because I do like to talk, but I also like to listen. So I can tell you anything you want to know about anybody here. And the other two are just sort of looking at her and shaking their heads like, this is expected behavior from her. (laughs) So I would kind of nod, half grin a bit. And Australia says, so tell me about your, your other friends. Like, um, I'm assuming they're all single, and uh, what's what's the deal? What's the deal with C? What's his deal? Well, uh, C's kind of been taking point on a lot of this, what we've got going on. So he's... Mm-hmm. Is he's he straight? He's, I, can't, I can't really get a read on him. Is he straight or what? Well, uh, my own gaydar's not exactly what you call a finely honed instrument, so uh, you you'd probably have to ask him that himself. Bond with him, dude. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of downtime here in the next few days when you might be able to to get a word in with him. Um, the young Asian woman actually manages to get a word in edgewise around Australia and says. So, what about Thistle? Do you have any idea of their orientation or what the situation is there? I'm still trying to figure that out myself, actually. Uh, I've only For been heaven's like sake. Eight so hours? As Hannah interrupts at the exact same time. Says, <laughs> For heaven's sake, he's been here, what, you know, an hour? Give him, give him a few days before you start grilling him. Sorry about these two. Anyway, I'm Hannah, and don't mind Estrella. She thinks she's the queen of the sept. Um, But it is very nice to meet you. Likewise. uh, My mother seems very impressed by all of you, so... I hope um, we can keep up with uh, what they seem to be pushing us towards. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're all keepers here, so we we work with Morning Cloud to make sure that the spirits are kept happy and that the grounds are kept nice. Ah, fucking brilliant. um, mm -hmm. Um, So if you need to know anything about the grounds at all, you can ask any of us. And she has like a strange mix of English and American as well. You get the idea that, you know... Tea Tree mentioned that she'd come here 10 years ago, and um, Hannah looks to be, you know, early 20s, so she must have come here in her early teens from England as well. Tao kind of glanced back over his shoulder. Well, the best catch up with my mates, but just wanted to come over and at least get the introductions out of the way, like. Hmm? Oh, we appreciate it, says Australia. Well, uh, ladies, y'all have a grand evening. I'll All talk right. To you later. Uh, give our best to your friends. At that point, it's probably like uh, C, just kind of st- where he's standing out in the middle of the of the amphitheater, kind of opens his eyes and looks up, and is probably staring directly at the group of them. And uh, and 
having having fixed the problem that my character sheet was having with not representing <laughs> the correct information, I have shifted <laughs> into comet form. Okay. Um, and <clears throat> Estrella giggles when she notices that C is watching them, and uh, Bailey looks a, a little... She kind of looks down and doesn't really meet his eyes, and Hannah just, you know, looks at him neither coyly nor um, uh, challengingly, just sort of, oh, there's a person, hello, and just gives him a little nod. He nods. And Tygo pull a quick 180 with a little nod and head back to the rest of the world bearers. So, okay. uh, how does the brand look in Hamid form, by the way? Does it still look raw? Yeah, it looks like he uh, just got burned. Um, That's aggravated damage, right? (laughs) Isn't fire aggravated damage? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it's not enough to, like, put you down a health level or anything, but it's going to take a little while to heal. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it'll take a little while to, you know, crest over and... um, probably leave a little scar there i do i do look at it just to see just to see that it maintained through the shift though yeah yeah it most certainly did um so it's now probably getting close to uh like 4 a.m um in fact the sky is beginning to get a little pale in the east and a lot of you are likely exhausted, but there are still a few people lingering, like clearly waiting to see what you're going to do, if you need anything, kind of talking to each other, but also keeping an eye on you. So, so, if, so if there's anyone else you'd like to speak to immediately, there, this is uh, a decent time. So, do we have any further tasks to accomplish tonight, or should we all get rest for the morning? I think getting the rest is the only other task we've got tonight, sir. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would agree. It's been a long day for all of us, especially Tig. You've been up since two days ago at this point. Estrella has clearly. Let's just been, say I've been up since New York. <laughs> Estrella has clearly been eavesdropping because she scampers up to you. She's a human, but she somehow manages to scamper um, up to the five of you and says, "Do you want me to show you where your tents are?" Yes. And something about the way she just darts these quick glances between the five of you. You can almost see a bit of her father's wolf in her, even though she is 100% human. And uh, she uh, does a little gesture and then begins to trot off toward the opposite side of the stream uh, where the tents are. And she fills you in on the way about who sleeps where, and she lets you know that the guardians are not always here at the same time. There's five of them. There's usually only three or four of them here at any given time, and they share two tents, and you should never take those because the guardians really need their sleep when they need their sleep. And she chatters basically the entire way over um, until she uh, shows you two, three unoccupied tents, and she says... um. For now, I think you're going to have to share these, so whichever of you want to double up, um, uh, or if you have a place to sleep in the city, then I'm sure you're welcome to go home for now, if you have some way to contact each other. Aye, that we do. 
okay, because you know your cell phones won't work here because there's no cell reception, no Wi-Fi, no anything. Fairy magic, we got it covered. <laughs> what? See any jokes? Magic? Sorry. <laughs> Werewolf Gr- magic. Grudek Gr- 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 gives Tig like an oh you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just has a confused look on his face again. Estrella <laughs> <laughs> um, sort of looks to see, like she's expecting him to explain this. Part of our tribe. Uh, Part of our deal with our totem spirit is a method of communication. No way! You guys can do that already? Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. See, the Guardians, it took them like almost a year to where they could do that. That is so cool. Anyway, um, good night. Uh, sleep well and stuff. If you need anything, I'm here all the time. I live here. So thank uh, you anyway. very much. Bye. Uh, after... as she leaves <laughs> <laughs> and she just trots off after she leaves. The seat is kind of, <sighs> all right. Shall we rest? Yes. Yeah. Let's do. Don't worry about space for me. I, I can easily make a another place nearby. I have my things over there. I'll bring them closer. No problem. Tag sticks his head in the tent to see if there's any level of blankets or anything. Yeah, there's some, you know, just basic like sleeping bags and blankets and stuff rolled up in there. Um Rudak, please. Couple of sleeping bags Stay in each in one. No, it's fine. Look, you'll be more comfortable. I'm plenty comfortable outside. Don't worry. I step out of the tent and go back into breed form and just curl up at the entrance. <laughs> Reminding yes. Kurdek that I'm literally a wolf. <laughs> well, and, and, and keep boy. in mind, Grudek is still in Krynos form. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he's actually, he's, he's turning and sort of making sure that everybody is there. And then he's actually gone off to where he keeps his things. I assume guard dog position, leaving the <laughs> inside of the tent for the actual hummets. <laughs> Tig takes up, mem- remembers to take off his shoes like he should before you get in a tent every time. <laughs> Sets him outside the door, crawls inside, <laughs> finds any sleeping bag, <laughs> and is probably unconscious in about 15 seconds. Okay. Um,. um See, actually, uh, before resting, just kind of takes the sword that he's been carrying in his offhand the entire time and just off to the side of the tent, just goes through a couple of training uh, motions, just a few uh, rounds of regiment. And then after a short period of training, just puts the sword back and then finally goes to sleep. As as he turns to go back into his tent, he um, he catches... Uh, Estrella, who apparently had circled back around to spy on them a little bit, watching him train, and then she just sort of giggles and runs off. <laughs> Which he would also see Shadow watching her. Because <laughs> I'm in guard dog position. <laughs> Indeed. Um, okay, so each of you gets some temporary renown, um, though it's actually a little different for each of you, so I'm just going to go through one at a time. Uh, and you know that's the the underneath boxes Uh right this is your temporary renown um taig two honor six wisdom cool grudek 
uh, four honor, eight wisdom. He gets some extra for trying to shield the child and also for determining that the guru was worm-tainted. Thistle, two honor, seven wisdom. We're subtracting one for the cell phone thing, but we're also adding two for translating for the spirits. So you're actually one up because of that. Um, So two honor, five wisdom for you. Uh, C, five honor, six wisdom. You get a little extra for leading attack well. Sorry. You said two honor and five wisdom or seven wisdom? I'm sorry, seven wisdom. I was looking at the part of my sheet here. Two honor, seven wisdom. Uh, C, five honor, six wisdom. Okay. Shadow, six honor, two temporary wisdom, as well as the permanent dot of wisdom that you just gained through that right of accomplishment. Um, you got 12 temp wisdom overall, and despite what the book says, I'm letting you carry the extra two Sweet. over. Yeah. So, um, all right. Um, so, you get to decide, uh, once you guys are rested, what your next move is. Um, Everybody in the sept is available to you, or if you need some downtime to deal with various personal stuff, just let me know what your people will do once they've rested uh, on Thursday. I I just, the one little character bit of fun that I want to point out is after um, after Grudek comes back with everything, he's going to poke his head into the tent where Ty gets already fast asleep and um, toss an extra blanket on top of him. Aww. Um, and then uh, he goes outside and he takes an old, old tattered looking plastic tarp. Um, um, and uh, we'll sort of hang that off the edge of one of the trees um, and then just lie down under it. And then he's going to use the right of the cardboard palace to turn it into a, a, a very comfy, warm place to sleep. for the <laughs> Nice. Very nice. Okay. So it'll be, um, Thursday, September 27th, uh, when you wake up and you'll probably sleep until afternoon, I would assume, since nobody's going to disturb you. Um, and then at that point, you can decide what you're going to do next. Um, I would make a point of seeing Rips at some point. Okay. After to, uh, just to see what all I need to know else beside the ceremony for being a member of the get officially. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. to gain my, uh, my tribal gift. Um, yeah. <laughs> Basically what that consists of is rips taking you into the Umbra and he just calls like a spirit to teach it to you much the same way that turtle taught you spirit body. Like there's not a process of learning. It's a matter of, uh, because Rips has some rapport with this spirit, he convinces it to share uh, its power with you. Okay. Um, and and your get gift is what again? Is that uh, the fire one? Master of fire, yeah. Master of fire. Okay. So I can turn yeah. fire into bashing rather than aggravated damage. Yeah. <laughs> Wish you'd known that before now. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's the that's why you can't learn that one until after you've been <laughs> <It's> branded. <laughs> I, like to, I like to think it's like this is the guy that branded you last night. He's going to teach you how to not have that happen again. <laughs> so Thistle, um, I'm, I'm especially interested in in Thistle's activities because Thistle has parents. This was a Wednesday night, and yeah. Thistle was out pretty much all night. Is this an unusual thing for Thistle to be out all night? Or so, like. 
it is probably the soul does not have their own place, but Z is financially independent to the extent that Z could. So it's pro- it's not all that weird for this, especially lately for Thistle to disappear for a day or okay. two. Okay. Um, so parents but, won't like, be freaking out yet necessarily. Uh, they will likely be freaking out. They have likely been freaking out for a few months at this point at yeah. the very least. So I'm <laughs> guessing I'm guessing that the next time Thistle gets within cell phone reception range, there's gonna be like nineteen messages from yeah. their mom saying There's going to be nineteen messages from their mom. And also probably quite a few that are work related things that Z has to do because I have a job, god damn it. Yeah. So yeah. It's a good thing you guys got that long distance communication thing since yeah. some of you still have kind of city lives and well, that doesn't help in this case, but we'll get there. Um so yeah, Thistle will probably like wake up slightly earlier than the rest, wait around for um wait around for everyone else to be like up. Um I guess C is everybody's right. Two PM. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> C C's one of the earliest ones to rise though, so just get food if it's available. Um I'm sure <laughs> Grudek is cooking. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you all see this tattered looking little tarp um sadly against the tree. Um and then Grudek pokes his head out and he's wearing like an old but comfortable looking robe and has a somehow a steaming a kettle of coffee already <laughs> from inside the tarp area. He's like, good morning. <laughs> you want some? <laughs> also, still pastries. Also good. And he reaches back in. <laughs> it's definitely, the tarp is definitely bigger on the inside somehow. <laughs> <laughs> of course you had that right off panel. <laughs> Sorry for our listeners. It's John always uh, Sonic Screwdriver. <laughs> it's always on my desk. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, yeah, the, um, once you guys are all sort of up and around, you notice that again, Estrella is sort of skulking around. You know, she's, um, obviously, you know, doing some landscape grooming there are little little gardens scattered here and there throughout the sept mostly growing stuff like tomatoes and lettuce and um uh berries of various kinds strawberries and they have just wherever there's patches of good sunlight there's various little gardens here and there and she's tending a nearby um little tomato garden and uh but she keeps stealing glances over at you guys to see what you're up to as she works (laughs) so as everyone else is sort of getting up and doing whatever morning rituals they have, if I notice that Tig is still asleep, I just pad in, still in lupus form, pad into the tent because I'm used to cubs not waking up oh, no. and I need to wake up. <laughs> and I just sort of lay down so that the first thing he's going to see is my big wolfy face and snort right in his face. Just <laughs> <laughs> wolf breath. 
what do I need to roll to see if I, that actually wakes me up? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I don't know. Stamina plus laziness? I don't know. What role is that? Something uh, involving awareness. Probably like awareness or something. Uh, let's do, actually, let's do... Um, wait. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Per, um, like perception alertness. Perception and alertness. Um, difficulty, since Tig is extremely tired, we'll say difficulty seven. Okay. Like a little smooch. Hey, I'm awake. Three successes. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Giant. So the eyes open, there's a brief widen, then a hand comes out and just sort of bats you on top of the head twice. Hey, morning there, big fella. Just kind of nudge rolls himself up. And then he kind of looks at Shadow for a minute. Kind of in a contemplative manner. And he's actually going to try and shift forms. Hmm. Well, he makes it to Glabro. That works. <laughs> <laughs> so with with another 40, 50 pounds of muscle and 8 to 10 inches of height, he's crawling out of the tent. Leaking <laughs> away. <laughs> this old's probably out there with a book and some food. Uh, Shoes are back on. Lubushkave? Hmm. Do you want some coffee? Aye, yeah, that'd be freaking amazing. <clears throat> we got any cream or sugar, like? At some point, um, a young Asian man in his mid-twenties that you've probably never seen before walks up to you and says, uh, Hey, world bearers, um, whenever you get a chance, like in whatever order you want, the elders want to see you and get like the full story of what happened um, oh, in the city. Um, just one at a time, though, so that they can, like, compare your stories and all that kind of stuff. So just whoever wants to go first, um, uh, just meet them over by the amphitheater and um, one at a time, do your thing. Question. Yeah. Do we get back one willpower for sleeping? No. All right. Okay. Um, will will stand up and says... If anyone else wants to go first, of course you should go, but uh, I've already had some breakfast. I can go while you all eat. You know what, though, Shadow? You can get one willpower back because you got, you know, your big right of accomplishment in front of everybody, so you're probably feeling pretty self-actualized right now, so you get uh, a point of willpower back. I will attempt to shift in Ahmed. Um... So yeah, basically it's <laughs> damn. I'll just spend. But it's basically just like this. This young man said, um, basically the elders are just gonna, which obviously we won't go through here because we've already heard the story at least twice um, of what happened. But each of you will be asked in great detail, like um, from your point of view, what happened, and and they'll be just grilling you. Um, and it's it's Tim Rowan Tree who is the second largest <laughs> person in the sept. He's like six and a half feet tall. Um, 
huge. He's the Karen Warder, you know. Um, he's balding with like a long gray ponytail, but has this really chill vibe. And uh, he would probably be pretty intimidating if not for the chill vibe and also the fact that he's pushing 70. Um, but that's the Karen Warder. And then Tea Tree is there and also March Lion in Hamid form. And they take turns just grilling each of you on every detail of what happened, particularly in the confrontation with Ethan. Um, so the only thing I need to know is, is there anything you tell them that is particularly unusual that the others might not have mentioned or that isn't true <laughs> that you try to pass off as true or anything you try to downplay or exaggerate? Uh, nothing that's untrue, but like this will definitely emphasize it's not necessarily an outsider perspective, but talk a lot about what the others did. We'll absolutely answer completely honestly about their own actions, accomplishments, mm-hmm. whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, Shadow was super cool and badass and, like, does absolutely goes into full, like, fan recap mode. Like, nice. okay, so in episode 13, <laughs> and there was this dynamic, again, there was a lot of shoving this person was on top like but like sort of it's not lies or dishonest or even that much of an exaggeration but definitely like tells everyone else's awesome story right just total fan geek basically yeah but it's everyone else's excellent story okay Tig's report is going to depend on which order he goes in um, I think Rudek said he was going first, so Tig would be in whatever order he chooses. They'd probably decide among themselves who's going to go when. Okay. He would try and catch C at some point, and he's not looking to have a private conversation, but he wants to direct some of his thoughts towards him. Yes. What do you need? I've been thinking about what we saw the other night, and... If we've got a child out there who's all fucked up with a worm and such, being able to hunt him down and figure out where he's going and what his what his resources are and who his other connections might be consistent of would be helpful. I think that trying to get eyes on the lad would be probably one of our one of our best options, like and I don't know if there's this thing I've been thinking where honestly, if we'd let the kid keep the phone with him, might not have been that bad idea. Unfortunately, we were given express orders that the people here at this sept need that totem. I see I, your you see point. where you see where I'm coming from then, like yes, oh. I, I I see your point, but. I wonder if perhaps that totem may have been twisted like the child has. Fetish, you mean? Do you guys? Fetish, sorry. Fetish rather than totem. Did I say totem? Yep. Totem is turtle. Yeah. I I wonder if perhaps that fetish would have been twisted like the child was, or if it may have had the reverse effect on the child. That's a bit of my education, but just thought I'd mention before we went in and 
told all the powers that be what's what we were thinking. So I definitely, of- I definitely fear for the younger child. For the girl. Yes. Aye, that's a question too. Hmm. Are any of you guys going to um, attempt to downplay things that the others did or put them in a bad light? Or are you all basically fans of each other and telling things glowingly? I give matter-of-fact report. Okay. This is what happened. We went there. This happened. I do make note that should... um, of two things. One, I was unaware. I, I, I had smelled something wrong in the building as, as we were going through it, but couldn't tell what. And making note that I do have, uh, that I likely could. I, I, I was able to catch their scent, the family's scent before we entered the room. Um, so that if they were to send people hunting for this particular family, uh, our pack likely would have. Uh, a slight advantage in that department having found them once already. Okay. Um, Anybody else have specific things you want to mention? Thistle? I just, sort of, oh, sorry. Um, Thistle will made a role and it will mention like that it seemed like the child was very convinced that could use the um, fetish. It didn't seem like there was like a psychological force, but there was a very much a passion to keep this thing beyond, okay, beyond random cell phone. So at least like a level of, okay, so that matches what that matches what Z told Bridge Runner privately, which yeah, is probably good. When your stories what, match, what that's always Z good. mentioned Bridge Runner, mm-hmm. but if if it comes up, which I assume it will, in a detailed talk about yeah. things that happened. Z will mention again here that that was a notable behavior. There was like a real, I absolutely need to keep this from the guy. So Z will, yeah. Okay. And, and Tag, just- will, Tag, having had the opportunity to talk to C ahead of time, will offer his own editorial on just as kind of like a offhand suggestion, but also to sort of try and get the measure of whether the elders would have looked favorably on that outcome of the situation or less so. Hmm? Okay. Um, and the elders are very hard to read during it. In fact, this will probably notice is that uh, their interactions with Tim are normally, you know, very friendly because he's like, wow, cool. I have another kid. I didn't know about." Um, but during this, like he's super stoic and just like, you know, you can tell he's trying really hard to like. I am now he's the not elder. Three, he's elder. Yes. Yeah. I'm not your dad. I am now the Karen Warder and the elder, and I'm doing my job. So he's like almost excessively stoic and blank faced during the whole thing. Um, Gru- Grudex is sorry. Go on. Go on. You were you were you were first anyway. Uh, Grudex is, I think, sort of the exact opposite of Shadows retelling in a sort of a big fish story, and everything is <laughs> yeah. Which then, they expect from a galliard. And- right. You know, is the child turned into a ravenous beast, oozing <laughs> with the essence of the worm? Thistle stalked across the wall outside like a shadow, and Tig <laughs> leapt like the namesake of the tiger, and ripping for the phone from the... You know, and all of it is told like this. I, I, I think, 
similar in a way to Thistle's story. Um, the only time he really calls attention to his own role um, is sort of bringing it down a little bit more to um, to ground level and does emphasize that while the building smelt of the worm in, in general, in an, not an unsurprising way for a place where a lot of human misery has accumulated over the years. Um, he will detail both the specific appearance um, of, 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 of the child in Krynos form and um, probably will shift actually has probably been in Krynos form during his retelling. And so we'll use uh, Gauru language to discuss the, the smell of the worm given uh, words that we just flat out don't have in human languages because humans don't have that breadth of, of sense for smell and, and, and sensation. And Grudet goes first, right? Yeah. During his retelling, because of the animated nature, um, other Guru and the Seps start to sort of drift in to listen. <laughs> but um, <laughs> once it's all and, and, and the elders are pretty captivated too, but they notice when he finally stops and pauses for breath, they notice the additional ears and they're like, you know, get this is, you know, elder stuff, go away. And they do go away and they don't come back and eavesdrop on the others. Should I make a performance role? <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. So Grubeck's retelling is very much like this big story. This whole is more like this really passionate fan who wants to tell you about this thing that happened, but just isn't quite that interesting comparatively. It's more like, like this less- is so cool and this is, this is, but like the tangents and like yeah. it's all very so less of a clear, less of a performance less of a performance yeah. and more of a just sharing this awesome movie that Z just saw yeah it's it's <laughs> like someone talking about that movie that you really like that you've never yeah. they really like that you've never seen Z is just okay. like giving okay. the fan version okay and what's what's C's account like anything unusual um C who probably goes last. Uh, oh, Seven successes on my storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my okay. god. Um, I'm gonna look so, something up while you guys yeah, talk. Yeah. Um, retelling is he probably goes last is um, very analytical. Uh, it's very much sort of a strengths and weaknesses. You know, this this is where this person performed well, including himself. So this kind of a performance review. I like it. This 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 is where this individual struggled or needed improvement. And he, he's very much telling two stories. He's telling the story of success and the story of failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, is very, very specific to note his concerns about the individuals, about, um, you know, the the family is strange. The, the mother seems to be very far gone. The, the child is aggressive brimming with anger uh that is misdirected he worries for the the younger child because she's nearing the age of first change if she is also guru um you know Mm. okay and he'll notice that tea tree takes copious notes as he's talking like like she's the secretary at a business meeting or something she's um recording everything he's saying uh tying is there anything unusual about your uh, not particularly no Mm-mm. i mean he's okay. he's very supportive of what everybody did um okay. and yeah he'll, but no nothing nothing unique per se hmm? okay um all right so um 
after the last of you has gone, um, Silver Glare, the red-headed woman who initiated Tig into the Fianna, um, approaches you guys. Are you? Do you reconvene after all of the? Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. So she tracks you down. To, where are you guys? Um, after all of you have taken your turn giving your account, do you meet back at the tent area or? Probably. Yeah, I think that would be sort of a natural place just because that's sort of our place now. Okay. Um, so she comes over to all of you and um, she says, so um, I was thinking that uh, I might take Tig into the city to see about getting a tattoo. Um, and while we're there, I thought maybe I would show all of you, um, you know, a few points of interest in the city, if you'd, if you'd like to come along. Um, I have a large van that should fit all of us pretty well, uh, if you'd like to... to Road trip! Fucking A! You also, like... Tag, you have one pair of clothes, right? Is that a problem? Hmm? Yes. I also have one pair I of just, clothes. I I've been thinking there's... I've got this... Clothing I've, just so that they have options. But I've got this idea, see, where <laughs> it's... And I'm still working it out. I haven't experimented on it yet. But if I shift into lupus and I take a bath, then I don't have to do laundry. Right? <laughs> So I totally accept that our, like, our magic werewolf powers gives us the authority to wear superhero costumes. You might notice my Jubilee-inspired ensemble. But at actually having other clothes for, like, different situations. So if you want to be a Hamid in the city, you can look various ways. You can wear a hat. I, I agree. It's nice and useful. I agree with, with Thistle here. I think um, Tyke should probably have more than one thing to wear, even though you'll have your one dedicated outfit. But you will have to wash that, too, I'm afraid, because uh, when you shift, it, it just it, it goes somewhere else. Uh, you know, it disappears into the ether. And when it comes back, it's still got all your sweat and grime and everything. So Yeah, yeah. Shadow's sort of sniffing the clothes that oh, he's been wearing for the past months. <laughs> just like... Oh, I see now. <laughs> but Shadow's probably like, all right. Now I know. I know a couple of you are city folk, and you probably have laundry that that you can share with with your pack mates. I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. It's I, just- I, I, so, I sort I sort of look across. I don't think Shadow can wear anything that I can. <laughs> But I, I mean, you can you can help each other stuff. wash your clothes. Nothing you can help I Shadow will necessarily fit anyone else. But some of you will be able to help Shadow wash his clothes oh, and yeah. this yes, sort of thing, yes. right? All right. Yes. Okay. Don't, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I can take it. You all can get your clothes together. I bring bag. We put in. I'll take the city. No problem. Well, shall we go now? I think um, I I don't have any duties right now, so I'd rather take all of you to the city now rather than later, if that's all right. Of course. Um, C, C kind of sheaths the sword that he had been practicing with since he left the um, the the interrogation, basically. Um, and uh, yes, we should probably do that. Now, C, I know that you have your own car, but for now we'll take mine because there's room for the six of us in it. And, um, and then we'll just come back and I can drop you off at your vehicle if you like. Certainly. Are you parked in the same location? I am. I am. Good. 
that'll give me a, that'll give me a chance to deposit my sword before we go into the city, so I'm not wandering around with it. <laughs> That's a good call. All right. Yes, you're definitely the Philadelphia. There's a common town. See if you want. I can train you in using your claws. Definitely useful, but I think the blade is more my style. Ah, come on, lad. You got to be able to give somebody a poke in case you get yourself cornered without your big knife there. Aren't you adorable? Come on, let's go. She uh, gestures and starts yep. walking toward the uh, down along the stream. She's saying that to me or to you, see? <laughs> You'll find out later. I think both of you. The female, For fuck's sake, we're the all female get kinfolk you. seem to enjoy looking at the two of you. <laughs> Keep in mind, though, that um, Silver Glare is, you know, mid-30s, got a couple of kids, and she's Garou, so probably not actually. For <laughs> it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't hit <laughs> I'm four. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she, uh, you know, leads you to the, the big boulder, and um, it is afternoon it's the middle of the day so she's got to do the whole thing of waiting until there's nobody on the trail and then there's quite a bit of waiting because one of you will jump over and then it's like no 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 wait stop stop everybody hold here for a minute and then you make small talk while you wait for more tourists to walk by the trail and it takes literally about 20 minutes for all of you to get over um (laughs) because of all the dang tourists but then anyone uh, anyone walking back along that path just sees people appearing (laughs) (laughs) they weren't there before um and uh and then she leads you back down the trail, you know, about an hour's walk, um, and she just sort of fills you in on general stuff, um, reminds you of who's who in the sept and who all the positions are as as she walks you down to her van, and she's got, like, this total soccer mom minivan parked in the uh, overflow parking, and uh, she lets you guys in, she makes sure you're all buckled in, and she uh, starts to drive, and then as soon as she's on the road... Um, driving down the long road that winds down the mountainside, she says, Now that I've got the five of you alone, I need to talk to you about something fairly serious. But you have to promise me that what I'm about to say to you, you won't tell anyone that we talked about this, um, and that you will use the utmost discretion in whom you choose to share this with. She's got about three words out of her mouth, and Tag's head is already up between the back two, se- the front two <laughs> seats. Like, oh shit, son! And Tag seatbelts. Your your discretion will be necessary for your own protection, as you will understand once I tell you what I have figured out. Yeah, yeah, seatbelts. I've got it in my left hand. Hmm. From. From the stories that you all told and from the events that happened and other events that you do not yet know about that have happened at the Sept, um, I am 105% sure that at least one person in our Sept is dirty as sin. And we're going to take a little break there and come back and discuss it more in about 15. All right, back in a couple minutes. And we're back. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back. Um, Silver Glare, the uh, second in command of the 
SEPT's uh, defensive structure, has just um, taken the five new young werewolves into her little minivan on a drive to the city and uh, has just dropped the bomb on them that she thinks someone in the SEPT is dirty. So let us see how our pack responds to that. I've been told I must clean my clothes. I am sorry. Uh, this is this is a slightly different thing, I think, Shadow. Uh, oh, this is working across purposes, right? Um, let me explain the part that you may not be aware of. <clears throat> um, something that happened several months ago. Now it it would be um, beginning of April. <clears throat> not long after the park opened. Um, the Cairn Spirit Guardian sounded an alarm to March Lion that there were intruders. Um, there were six Garu in the Umbra, sniffing around, wandering the paths aimlessly, but far too close to the center of the Cairn for our liking. Um, so I led the three Guardians that were present, um, as well as, uh, let's see, it was Rips and Alma and Sky Teeth and Brushfire. There were eight of us all together. I led them into the Umbra to go and aggressively confront these intruders. Um, and uh, we let Rips act as Alpha for our sort of makeshift pack. Um, and so we ambushed the intruders in Krino's form, eight of us to their six. Um, and they were all in Krino's form as well. Very clearly black spirals, all six of them. But um, when they saw us, they immediately turned tail and ran. Um, so we pursued them. They seemed young, inexperienced to our good fortune, um, but hideously deformed. Um, very few battle scars, though, which is why I'm thinking young. Um and so the eight of us chased them and harried them. And um, then suddenly they just stopped and they stepped back sideways, middle of the day, in the parking lot. There were tourists there. They were still in Krino's form. Um, there was a momentary panic. Second well, Christ, as you expect so. Well, on both sides, I will, I will admit that um, I panicked a bit. <laughs> um, I wasn't sure if we should follow suit because of the veil, but then we established the veil had already been broken. But my hesitation cost us enough time that by the time we shifted into the parking lot ourselves in Hamid form, um, we just saw the tail of them piling into this rusty yellow van together, uh, slamming the door, driving away. Um, now, young Cher was smart enough to get the license number of the van. Um, yes. Um, none of us had our car keys. We had just stepped back through the Umbra, so we couldn't pursue, but uh, Cher got the license number. Um, we managed I mean, to calm down um, the freaking out people in the parking lot who had seen six monsters jump into a van, appear out of nowhere, and then jump into a van. We managed to convince them that they hadn't seen what they thought they'd seen. Um, and then um, Tim, uh, he has a, a middle-aged daughter in the city who's actually a police officer. 
So he went to the city and had her run plates and look for the van. It turns out that the car is registered to a woman who lives in Death Valley. Um, the car was not spotted anywhere in the city. So it would appear that they piled in the van and they all drove home to Death Valley. Um, and I believe that was confirmed later that the van was sighted um, back in Death Valley. But um, we assumed that it was a one-time exploration, uh, just a bunch of kids on a joyride trying to sniff out a famous cairn they'd heard about. And um, when they saw that we were well defended, that they just turned tail and, and went home. But now you're telling me that an adolescent worm-tainted guru has attempted to steal one of our fetishes. And here's the part that bothers me. Now, it's no secret to the sept that Cher and Honeybee like to go shopping on the same day every week that they both have off from their duties. They go shopping in the city in about the same area every week. That's no secret to any of us. But why did a random black spiral happen to know where Honeybee was going to be, what was going to be in her bag, and that he would be able to swipe the bag and get away? Inside job is what you're saying. Do you have a better theory? Well, speaking as someone who's uh, flirted with the wrong side of the law his entire life, I'd say that's about as clear-cut an explanation as you're likely to arrive at. It seems at the very least, like, perhaps I'm just new to this, but it seems he must have known the bag was something. It seems too much of a coincidence otherwise. A fucking black spiral. Who in the sept would not be able to simply ask for the fetish? Um, you mean someone who might, who might want it and, and wouldn't be able to ask? Um, well, anyone who wasn't honeybee, it was given to her specifically by her parents. Um, it, was, it wasn't even technically the property of our sept. Um, her parents in Silicon Valley made the fetish and gave it to her specifically, um, which is the only reason we had possession of the thing in the first place. You know, I, <clears throat> I was just, I, all, I assumed, but so when we confronted him, he seemed emphatic. I said this before, emphatic that he could not give it to us. Um, I assume that was simply a mixture of adolescent greed and knowledge of the power. But if he was working with others, influenced by, like, do they have health? Uh, They've got all the same things we do, just twisted and fucked up as hell. Well, if he had, like, an alpha or some leadery position above him telling him to find and keep this thing, wouldn't that also potentially prompt that reaction? Or Quite possibly. I mean, the Black Spirals, they have the same sort of structures that we do. They have, they have yeah. cairns, only they call them pits, and they have their own little septs and their own little quests that they go on. See, I know it's a little bit of a stretch, but it... Could be that too. Helen, here's the thing as well. 
normal crime is sometimes of opportunity, but this one seems a bit more thought out and a bit more organized. Somebody knows exactly what Honeybee's fetish was capable of. You don't just steal a fetish in order to try and consolidate power, not knowing what is what she can right. do with it. So, so who knows so, who's got details on, on what the phone's who who knows what the phone does, who who knew where she was gonna be and when? It has to be someone within the sept. C. Who could have tipped that young man off? I don't think it's C, Shadow. No, I'm trying to ask C. A <laughs> yes. What was it the mother said to you as you as we were parting? You had offered assistance. She asked who was offering help and why and found it almost maniacally comical that someone of my kind would be implying that all of us are brothers in the apocalypse. Right, I mean, if they're fucking black spirals, they're on the opposite side of the war from us. We shouldn't be helping them at all. What if the com- what if the comedy was not that we are on opposite sides, but that they were already oh. working with someone else? The mother may know. Though, mm. so, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think if she knew that the phone was a fetish and related to all of that when we first presented to them socially like when you have would a- she have gone looking through her guru kids things yeah you guys I, when probably you have a, when you have a pack of five guru bearing down on you and your one shiftable child i doubt the odds were favorable enough to risk fighting a couple of things that you guys may remember is that a you guys weren't clearly Garou when you entered the room and B that she was clearly surprised uh, when she you mentioned it. Would she have known that we were? I mean, when I entered the room, I was definitely Garou. So that's There's not even any, <laughs> yeah. There's not any way um, for uh, even other Garou to know for, unless they have a gift uh, sent the true form. You can't always know for sure, even if, Someone else yeah. is Guru. So Kenfolk definitely couldn't tell. And um, and you would remember, likely, since it was for you less time ago than uh, a week, uh, you would remember that um, she, when she found out that her son had stolen something, she was like, you know, obviously surprised, annoyed, and why are you making things more complicated for us? I speak in as uh, someone who's been in Ethan's position before. Uh that's all the hallmarks of a mother who is less than pleased and certainly not aware that her child's bit out <clears throat> performing bits of petty larceny here and about. I have further questions and concerns, though. Why would any normal guru work with the Black Spiral and... How could they conceal themselves if they, and in the opposite event of a black spiral being present, how could they hide within the cairn without discovery? 
Well, nobody in our sept is a black spiral, I can tell you that much, but um, that doesn't preclude... Um, our side gets seduced by the worm all the time. This is not something they tell you in the brochure right after your first change, but uh, none of us are perfect. We all have our own petty greeds and angers and jealousies that the worm can feed on and tempt us into doing wrong. I wouldn't have thought it of anyone in the sept, but the evidence points that way. I can't see any other explanation except that someone on the inside is feeding information to this young black spiral. And I don't know for how long. I don't know the extent of it. I just know that something is uh, rotten. And there's any someone... number of stories from our histories that can tell you. People on our side turn bad sometimes. Yeah. Could could this someone be the same someone who is feeding the tension between the children of Gaia and the Yoktana within the Sept? Oh, you picked up on that, did you? <laughs> right. Uh, not exactly. Uh, not exactly hard to notice, is it? Ah, uh, poor tea tree. She she tries so hard to bridge the gap, but it's it's always been like that. The only reason the children of Gaia were allowed in the Sept at all is that there just weren't enough Octena to run the thing. And now the, they are the majority. Probably doesn't help that I'm here. <laughs> um, your, presence, your presence is necessary and appreciated. Don't speak Tag, yeah, Tag is not, having... Nothing but help. Tag is having a horrible sinking feeling, and he wants. Is there a way he can try and read Silver Glare to make sure that she's on the up and up? Um, what specifically is he looking for? He's thinking. He's learning to think like a ragabash, and if you're trying to, if if your cover has been partially blown. And you go to some people who are apparently movers and shakers and tell them somebody around here is working for the other side. It is an excellent way to throw them off your trail. Okay. Um, have him do um, yeah, perception, perception and subterfuge. Difficulty okay. six because she's an Arun, <laughs> not a Ragabash. So okay. <laughs> we'll it make doesn't... It slightly... Easier on you. It's not about. It's not about what I do or that. I fully you said six. Mm -hmm. okay. Sorry, I'm giving Jack some time to make that. Roll. Two successes. Mm. Okay, is anybody else rolling this also? Um, like trying to sniff out if she's. This is, is curious, like of her disposition. <laughs> Probably not that conspiratorially, but. Okay. Well, anyone who wants to really try to sniff out if she's hiding anything from you um, or if there's anything shady about her, by all means, go ahead and make the same roll. I believe her know. entirely. Same roll being... Of course, Shadow believes her completely. Because um, C is playing devil's advocate, so he's always got to check both sides, but he has a different okay. approach to this. He actually uh, will ask... Um, do you have any idea of whom this might be? And he's going to use the truth of Gaia to, to check her answer. Excellent. Um, what was that role? Um, it, it would be, um, perception and subterfuge. 
And then C is going to ask her, okay, and she, she says to C, uh, I, I don't have the first fucking idea. All right. And um, let's see. And then uh, I forget how I send a message just to one player. Slash W space, start typing their name, and then. Okay. So I will be. Truth of Gaia is an intelligence empathy role, difficulty of the subject's manipulation and subterfuge. Okay, and that would be difficulty six. All right. And what the hell? I'm going to sense worm. (laughs) Okay. Man, all I do is try and make a simple insight check, and everybody loses their (laughs) shit. (laughs) I believe believe her entire... Well, everyone's making those roles. It's not about what I do or what I don't do. It's about justifiable desire to not have your historical lands appropriated, I guess. So I'm sort of just by per- by where Gaia put me in the way of that. Yeah. Um, so nobody who rolled and checked things out gets any sense from her that she's uh, doing anything complicated here. She seems sincere. There's, there's just this faintest flash of C as if he's reading some script in the air that isn't there. And he just kind of nods. <laughs> well, <sighs> I'll say that I've managed to shove my nose in the wrong campfire and gotten it burned at least once or twice before. <laughs> yes, so I know. we do, I was afraid I of that. all about it, Tig. Anyhow, given that we don't have any Shadow Lords in the Cairn, I'm not quite as far behind the ball as I'd otherwise probably be, but still getting... A ting or two straight would probably be in our best interest before we start trying to pull over all the rocks and see what crawls out from underneath. When you say Shadow Lord, there's a brief moment of confusion on Shadow's face, followed by a realization. (laughs) All right. He remembers Lore 101, dimly. Um, Well, here's the thing. You realize why I'm telling you this in a car as we're driving to the city and... Um, where absolutely no one else can hear us, right? Because since I have no fucking clue who's involved, it could be one of my own pack mates. I can't put it past them. Can you, so, can you and you're telling us because we're the, the only we're the, the only arrivals. people the only people I know for sure could not have been involved in leaking information about uh, that phone. Is the five of you, you're the only ones who could not possibly have been involved in this and certainly not in the attack that the Black Spirals made in April. With the phone being stolen, I suppose this may not narrow it down any, but, like, who would have known they're a bill? <laughs> Sorry, excuse me, Aaron's coughing. <laughs> who would have known their abilities? I mean... As far as what, he what wasn't, the phone does. Well, no, in terms of... The guy we ran up against was not the most power... Like, he had his talents, but was probably not... Probably couldn't handle just about anything that we had available to us. It was 
it seems to me more likely that maybe wrongly that R would have known Honeybee and and Cher yeah and Cher's capabilities well enough to assume that he could get in there Um, I mean maybe that's basic I um, well, yeah, it's, not a bad, it's not a bad point, Thistle, but I'll tell you what he... You don't want that to get... I'd assume they don't. They wouldn't want that to be caught. Unless they're the ones who are leaking the information. That, but, yeah. I mean, that is one obvious answer, is that it's one of the two of them who set up the meeting on purpose. But it could be anyone who knew they would be there. I feel like that would be too obvious. Well, and also there's the point of, yes, exactly what Shadow's saying. Hmm? And and Honeybee has also, I mean, she's still being punished for what happened. Um, Not sure, though. Who who arranged the rite of passage for us to retrieve the phone? Um, I think that was, uh, that must have been decided among the Elder Council. I wasn't in on that decision, but Bridge Runner would have been involved in, uh, as the Den Father, he oversees all the rite of passage, but it would have had to have been approved by the, the three elders. Um, but he would have um, probably been the one to invent the idea. Another thought is occurring to me just now. Um... Obviously, there we've got this theory that whoever ordered the the swiping of the the fetish probably knows exactly, or at least is a little more in, informed as to what it's capable of. Might be time we see if we can figure that out for ourselves. Might be up to narrow it down you. a bit. I can Ooh, tell well. you exactly what it does. Who has the fetish? Oh, right now, um, I believe it's. Um, Let's see, you handed it back to Bridge Runner, right? And I think he gave it to the elders. So uh, Tim or Tea Tree, most likely Tea Tree, if, will have it in her possession and likely return it to the Glasswalkers. If the person long. who had the fetish stolen wanted it for some purpose, then likely if they are in a position to achieve, to retrieve it now... It will go missing soon. I mean, it's possible. What does it do now? Well, um, let me make sure I, I got the rules of it straight because I've never used it myself. But, um, all right. So it's got a weaver spirit in it, and how it works is, if a guru is using it to make a call to another guru. On, on a landline or cell phone or any sort of phone, um, both Guru on either end of that call can say whatever they like without being overheard by anyone. So it's a, a way of protecting the veil. Um, it let Honeybee talk about Sept business um, with other Guru from a distance without being overheard while she was on the subway or that sort of thing. Sounds like the sort of thing that if you're working with your black spiral pack, you'd want Doesn't them to have. Doesn't it, though? 
I don't think it was, uh, yeah, no, with that with that sort of capability, I'm not thinking it was stolen so that they could get it into the hands of somebody in, in the sept itself. I think it was so that they would have secure communications back and forth. And the boy said, I can't also- give it to you. Doesn't narrow things down, but... Mm. Did anyone expect us to fail in our task? That I can't tell you. Um, I had no idea myself whether you would succeed or not, but um, usually, um, you know, Bridge Runner tries to design these things so that they're difficult but not impossible, and I don't recall hearing anyone say one way or the other what they thought would happen. There are two possible outcomes that I can see. Either that the... Solid pun there, sir. (laughs) Either that the goal was to retrieve the phone for the Black Spiral to use as tools of communication, or to see it retrieved and out of Honeybee's hands long enough for an individual within the sept to retrieve it in order to communicate with the black spiral directly underneath the sept's vision. If they didn't want... They wouldn't have to have the phone. Um, the black spiral could have called anyone in the sept and had the same effect. The, the if- black spiral could have called um, me on my cell phone and anything I said to him wouldn't be overheard by anyone. Well, true, if I were working with a a people that I believed were unruly or dangerous or beneath me, I wouldn't trust them with such a powerful piece of magic. I would want it myself to make sure that I was the one using it properly. That's a fair point. Also, they left it with a cub. Yes, the cub wouldn't exactly be difficult to retrieve from. Although he wasn't, apparently. No, he wasn't, but the counterpoint to your your theory there, see. You're cutting yourself short, my friends. Counterpoint to there is that if you're working in close proximity to the people that you stole something from, usually you don't want to be the one using it. Because somebody will notice. Will they? It looks like a a bog-standard phone to me. Okay, so that, like... Yes, most phones look the same, but like you're going to identify your own phone's brand and there's probably not a ton of high-end phones running around the sept. Also, I, I admit I have not Oh, hey, that phone looks a lot like the magic one I ha- happened to use to have. Also, if anyone has the Glasswalkers had the also- magic to find out where it was, so probably wouldn't want it to just be in the sept um and also no one uses smartphones at the sept i mean anyone who's actually there can't use them so yeah and and thirdly i imagine admittedly i haven't owned any of the high owns high-end smartphones but um i imagine it's still pretty rare to talk into a phone and not have anyone around you be able to hear you at all Oh, it, um, I've actually heard Honeybee using it, and what it does is basically, when she was talking on it, it just sounds like she's saying, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Okay, well, that's that's actually pretty clever. It's Yes, it's a, a beautiful piece of work, the Glasswalkers. They're brilliant, but... Uh, uh. 
So who along who along the lines of transit would be capable of interacting with the phone when it was away from the rest of the sept? Uh, can you put that another way? Points where it wouldn't be visible. Places where it, no one would notice if it went away. Potentially, the the mention the mention uh. was said that the phone was to be retrieved to be sent back to the Glasswalkers. Um. Well, I'm I'm assuming that's what they'll do because I think the Glasswalkers are fairly uh, annoyed at us for losing it and who don't would, trust us with it anymore. Who would be taking <laughs> it back to the Glasswalkers? Ah, oh, that's a good question. Um, they might send Honeybee back to collect it uh, and deliver it because that's her family. But she's still with them right now, um, undergoing some sort of right of punishment or other. Well, it's what you'd call kind of a hot commodity at the moment. I don't think anybody's going to be making a play for that one again yeah. anytime soon. Hmm. Once you've been, like, half-spotted, you just put the item back on the shelf and go out of the store. You don't try and lift it after the guys come up and said hi to you. It will likely be a... Um, uh... And Tig just war. gives Thistle this look with just astonishing amount of newfound respect. <laughs> the likely whoever was behind this didn't know the Glasswalkers could track it so easily. That is new that information to them as well. Well, Honeybee didn't know. The, none of us knew until... Um, uh, we lost it, and we, we broke the news to the Glasswalkers, and that was when her parents admitted, oh, by the way, we've been tracking you. Yes. Uh, yeah, having parents, they don't tell you when they load spyware onto your phone. <laughs> so, likely the phone is no longer a target. It's not a concern. I Good did, point. They did not. <coughs> Good point. It's, it's uh, a little bit uh, harder to... And Slip if, away somewhere and now. If the phone is no longer a target, then our next avenue of inquiry would be the cub. He would know who he was working for. I'm of a, I'm of a mind with Shadow on this one. Just be careful. There's if it makes sense to me that it's the same black spirals that were sniffing around in April, and there were six of them. Mm. Six of them, five, five of us. Of us. <laughs> There's a reason that I brought eight of oh, us, right. including some elders. So we need to hire at least one more person. Also, That's, you haven't been in a lot of guru on guru fighting, have you, Tig? It doesn't work out well. <laughs> scraps around the scraps around tri spirals. Now, I I hear what you're saying though. Mm-hmm. Overwhelming force is usually the the order of the day if you're going to be taking yeah, on. I would have, I would have taken pieces, more but... than eight. I would have taken more than eight into the umbra. But the thing is, we didn't know what their plan was. We had to leave seven of us at the sept in case they were trying to distract us while someone else attacked. There were only Perfect. fourteen. Of, let's see, there were fourteen of us there that morning. Also, and we had to split our forces, and that's the only reason I didn't take more. We will likely need to prepare. 15. And to prepare methods by which we can combat these foes without danger to the Vale. To be honest, I don't even know for sure what all they can do. They've got gifts and rights and things that we don't know anything about. 
Now, I've heard some horror stories, uh, and if you're willing, Silverglare, there's a there's a thing my father told me about being able to shrug off the effects of poisons, toxins, and the like that our tribe is fair familiar with. If you've got any leads on on that sort of thing, I'd like to learn that. All right, I'll I'll look into it. I should also I should also speak to the antenna about sensing magic. This might be useful. Uh, all right, when it comes to speaking to other people in the sept, I how do you think we should respond on that? Here is my advice, and I'm not the boss of you all. I you know you can do whatever you like, but. This is your own safety we're talking about, and since we don't know who it is and how powerful, who's plotting against the Sept, you'd better not let anyone other than me know that you're even looking into this. And Because whoever it is, once they know you're sniffing, trying to sniff them out, they'll do whatever it takes to... Um, And whoever it is, and even if it's no one, creating more tension, more discord, more distrust is never. Because honestly, that's not what. Because honestly, I think it's the distrust in the sept that led to this. It's that all the that darkness, uh, the the resentment between. Uh, the Uctana largely, but also some of the children of Gaia as well. I mean, Bridge Runners as bitter as anyone about all of this. And it's got to be that those emotional undercurrents that gave the worm its foothold in whoever it is. Thistle. Yeah. Would the totem spirit of, of the sept have information? Not... No, it's a brand I mean, new baby. No, uh, of oh, of the he's talking about the sept. No. Sorry, I was taking GMQs when they weren't talking about fog. Yeah, sorry, I, I thought you meant your totem spirit of the sept. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let's see what this will know. Um, do um, um, intelligence and rituals. Uh, difficulty six. Six. Got it. Um, two successes. I don't think I have a. I don't have a specialty. Never mind. Okay. Um. You. You're just feeling vague doubts that the sept totem would be helpful, and you're not really sure exactly why. It just from what you understand, it doesn't seem like. I mean, uh, like. Obviously, I don't know the details. I'm still kind of new at this, but. Probably not. Also, I feel like if there was a immediate worm-tainted threat that... What's the fox name again? What, what, I'm sorry, what, I didn't... What's the fox name? Aeolus. Oh, Aeolus, yeah. Aeolus. Um, that Aeolus was aware of, like, when the group was snooping around, I'd imagine there would be you may know better than I, some sort of notification warning. It's true. In that Aeolus, Aeolus situation, is, um, I understand that that would not be the same as someone conspiring necessarily, but right. But Aeolus is, um, you know, very aware of, of things. Going, well, at least on the umbral side 
And uh, um, I, I would think that if there was anything Aeolus did know, uh, he would have told us already, or told someone. Speaking of the Umbra, that might be our only safe way to confront... Well, I don't know about safe, but the only way to confront any of these spiral dancers without threatening the veil if they live in this city. Uh-huh. Yeah. Direct but confrontation is one approach to this. I don't know if I'd agree it's the best, but... Haven't, uh, haven't seen them, the six of them. <sighs> they did turn and run, but again, I don't know what they were after in the first place. I, I don't know if they could have taken us if they turned to fight. I don't know how many of us we'd have lost. If there are potential... Well, and pro- prophecy aside, I'm pretty sure the seven of you are still a shade more impressive than the five of us. <laughs> if there are potential enemies everywhere, we must first begin ruling out options. I believe at least some of us are in agreement that the quickest way to more information is through the one thing we know to be true, which is that this cub was working with someone. Should we then pursue that, or should we pursue others? About the worm, wherever it dwells and whenever it breeds, and we know where it lives. Uh, Craig, you're really quiet. I think that's a worthwhile place to check. Is that better? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's a worthwhile first place to check. I, I will be honest, though, in my pack, I am afraid that <clears throat> they may have left their apartment, given the interaction we had with them. Yeah. yeah. I, that seems I, like it'd be a reasonable this, response. I was able to find their sent ones. But such a lovely place. How could they bear to abandon it? She says. <laughs> and if that one has a pack, he probably is not going to be going out a ton alone immediately after. Correct. But it could not be a bad idea if they've gone... Perhaps we can at least sniff around the apartment again without the uh, potential interference of uh, a woman threatening herself with a gun or a small child turning into ravening, worm-tainted crinos. Maybe they left something behind. I don't know. It's a, it's difficult, but... Um, uh, it's other, at least a place to start. The other thing... Um, that I would suggest is just without as much as possible, without raising suspicions that you're investigating, just trying to get to know uh, what's going on at the sept and who is dissatisfied and who is acting suspicious and see what you can find out without drawing too much attention to your investigation. Uh, aye, aye. What's that, what's that thing that the American shows always means motive and opportunity. Mm. <laughs> I'm not much one for TV myself. I but, don't uh, know what that means. Oh, we will show you. It will be disappointing, but we will show you. I believe our first task for the day, though, is laundry. <laughs> yes. We need, we need clothing for you, a tattoo for Tig, and... Clothing for Tig. And clothing for Yes, tie. that was all really just um, a ruse for me to get you into my car, but while we're in the city, we might as well get Tig a nice tattoo, get some 
clothes for all oh, of you. Ah, suffering Christ. Road trip under false pretenses. How could you? <laughs> I didn't know how else to talk to you without being overheard. Ah, uh, well seen. Because I don't happen to have a phone that lets me do that, so. Well, you all are shopping and uh, getting tattoos and so forth. Perhaps I drop in on uh, some of the bone daughters in town and ask for more information regarding the area or if they've heard anything. All right, just uh, tell me what address to drop you off at and uh... Uh, um, it, it, he'll, he'll um, just look for confirmation from the pack first that uh, uh, no one objects. She gives him a nod. Would you um, like someone to come with you? Uh, no, I think you probably concentrate on laundry. Um, um, Very well. Uh, but thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and then he'll give her the address uh, for the uh, for the bookstore where okay. uh, Bongos works and lives. Borderlands Books in San Francisco. No shit. Yes. Yes, shit. in this universe bongos lives uh on the upper floor above borderlands and actually uh runs the place awesome borderlands is run by a bonar my friends and by the way i'll be there next month uh new book you you know you're gonna get people asking if the store owner is a bonar (laughs) (laughs) they are gonna love you Oh. All right, well, Papa, keep it subtle. So, um... You know me. Don't worry, Tyke. Always on, how they say, the DL. <laughs> okay, that oh. is not how that phrase... You are not on a <laughs> D or an L. So... I, 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 I appreciate you know, I've you never that. heard that yes, phrase no. conjugated that way, and I'm just gonna die right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that. Like, uh, Please do not die. He's just leaning one. heavily on whoever is next to Zer in the bar. Probably tag. Please, please do not die, Thistle. You are quite a valued that member is, of that the foreshadow. Gurdek looks at Zer and says, "Sorry, maybe I used wrong. You, you tell me more later." Yeah, I'll, I'll explain what what that means. And why that's funny. I promise. <laughs> All right. Catch you on the flipped side. Um, what oh. flipped side of what? It's a pancake. Why would we be the on a pancake? The other side of this fe- fe- period of time where we're apart. Oh. Anyhow, so uh, Silver Glare um, drops... Uh, um... Grudek. My brain just disappeared. Grudek <laughs> drops Grudek off uh, at Borderlands and also, um, you know, then then proceeds to take you guys shopping, which is, you know, probably not all of that interesting for, for our audience, the shopping part. Can I so, briefly insert, there yeah. has to be the style of montage where it's like this little hands, a pile of clothes, changing room, new pile of clothes, changing room totally (laughs) much of it is clearly like this is what i understand about tag sense of style let me get something that's comfortable might fit well and part of it is clearly like casual cosplay (laughs) i'm picturing shadow and tag it's like i think that this red hoodie with the leather or jacket over top and the sort of red skull 
Oh, no, wait, red bat logo t-shirt. Just trust me. Me Meanwhile, meanwhile, C and Shadow are just like, all right, I need to find you tank tops that'll actually fit. Hang on. (laughs) I'm picturing the kind of montage also where they sort of, once you've loaded them up, Tyke and Shadow stepping out of the the changing rooms and C and Thistle are sitting there like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> <back> next one. <laughs> at, at some Team point, City Kids. At some point, when when the cleaning happens and Shadow is forced to launder clothes and bathe, he breaks whoever's razor he's borrowing, <laughs> trying to shave the beard slightly so that it's more neat. We've <laughs> <laughs> always bought you a pack of them, so you've got like Ting. six, and you end up one. Break a second one. Ding. Break a third one. Finally, <laughs> on the fourth one, you get it down. Indeed. Um, and uh, so, Grudek, um, you want to give us an idea of what you're going to talk about with bongos? Yeah, I, I, I mean, he will first uh, his bongos in his standard grumpy. Yeah, he's grumpy. actually he's actually working the, the floor today. Okay, um, but you know, being his usual grumpy self, Grudek will come in and see um, if he needs any help with stacking or sorting or restocking or anything like that. And then while he's doing that, um, we'll tell him that he's um, uh, formally joined the the Western Eye, um, and then thank him again for all his hospitality when he first arrived in town, and then start asking about that neighborhood where we were. Um, sort of in a general sense at first. Mm. Now, Bongos has a weird um, sort of linguistic quirk in that he just mixes and matches all kinds of weird slang from, like, millennial stuff to kind of beatnik or hippie or surfer slang, just a random assortment. He's like a slot machine of slang. You can never tell what's going to fall out of his mouth. Um but he's like, ah, uh, yeah, dude, that that building that you're talking about, I know exactly the one. That's um, that's a Pentex-owned uh, building, and they've been, as far as we can tell, just deliberately letting the thing rot. Um, I don't know if they're cooking up something in particular there, but uh, we just steer clear of it because that whole area... You know, that that's where vamps hang out. That's where all the baddies go prowling at night. And we just, you know, we just steer clear of it mostly. They, they have their own stuff. They haven't directly interfered with us. So, you know, we just totally let it be. But uh, we we keep an eye on it. But there just aren't enough of us to, to take it on. But, yeah, um, Pentex is... Uh, definitely the owner of that building. Now we know where the vampires That's, of San Francisco live. It's been a very good idea. Uh, make sure that you know uh, the other, not to tell you, other bone owners in town. Um, keep that distance. Definitely keep an eye, but keep the distance. And make sure yeah. uh, kinfolk know uh, to stay far away. We went there, and yes, it smells like worm, but on fifth floor, there was what definitely full of the worm and probably black spiral cup. Ah, uh, shit. Hey, uh, 
Do you still know that leech uh, that that uh, um, that I uh, sort of introduced you to a while back? Are you still in contact with him? Greta, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, we her. We, Sorry, um, <laughs> she, she. You know, it's hard to tell looking at her uh, that she's supposed to be a woman, but. Grudek sort of shrugs and says, you know, she's really, really pretty nice. You get to know her. Um, great stories about the war. Wars. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, of my Babsha, just with yeah. more fangs. I, I, and I wouldn't and, mention this to your new friends up in the no, woods. No, no, yeah. don't worry. Um, she'll, she's, we'll keep her with Natatoya. But um, uh, yes, we're still in touch. Um, in, in, in fact, uh, I think based on the last interaction, she might even owe me a favor. You think it's worth getting in touch? Couldn't hurt. I mean, I, I, I get the feeling that that might be some kind of feeding grounds for them or something. I don't know. Um, but she'd know. Uh, we have kind of a live and let live arrangement. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, um, uh, you know, I contact her. But like I said, don't don't let your new friends know about this because they're not going to understand. I know. Don't worry. Um any any other sightings of the spirals in town? Anything you're aware of, or anything that even could be spiral? <laughs> no. <laughs> if I heard the faintest whiff of uh, black spirals in town, I would have just packed up everything and <laughs> left. <laughs> I understand, Bongo. Well, I ain't got time for that shit. No, I I got you. I got you. Listen, um, take care. Okay. Uh, you let me know if uh, if any of the kinfolk uh, need need more blankets, if it's getting cold or, or, or any food. We'll do what we can. But uh, you take care of yourself, okay? All right. Um, and, you know, keep me posted if I need to be fleeing the city or whatever. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, thanks for abandoning us in our time of need and whatever. But, uh, yeah, be cool, Daddy-o. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'd be cool as well. And thank you again. I, I don't worry. I, I, I go where the spirits have shown me, but uh, I, I, I'll always come back uh, to 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 the people. Um, and he'll go to give Bongo a hug. Ah, no, 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 no. Keep keep that. Keep that. No, not today. No, it's not in the mood. You know. uh, All right, Gro- groovy, Daddyo. Um, <laughs> And uh, he'll he'll turn That's where Grudek gets it from. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly things are starting to come together. <laughs> All right, so um, we're gonna call it there for the evening, and the investigation will continue next week into something rotten in the sept of the Western Eye. Um, say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Everybody. Good night. See you next week. Yeah.